0: it's easier to not try and that's what we're associating often with like cool or the perception of cool or not wanting to show up Yes, because we're like we don't want to look like we want something Mm -hmm. that we need something from someone that we yearn for something because it's way cooler to sit back and critique things and not participate
1: This is Let It Out, my podcast. My name is Katie. This week, I have two friends of mine, Michelle and Wallace. They co-host the Holisticism podcast, Good For You, and The 12th House, which we'll talk a little bit about in this, but I was recently a guest on The 12th House, and after that, I knew that I really wanted to have both Michelle and Wallace on this podcast. As we explain, Michelle and I have been pals for a really long time, six years plus. Michelle is the founder and CEO of Holisticism, and if you don't already know Holisticism, you're going to love it. Holisticism bridges the gap between the mystic and the realistic (laughs) to make well-being more accessible to more people. and. It's something that I have been a fan of since the beginning, which we also touch on in this and continue to be. And I've gotten to collaborate with Michelle on teaching multiple classes with holisticism and co-hosting events and obviously being on their podcast. And Wallace works with Michelle on holisticism. And we met through that and we have a ton of mutual friends. She used to live in LA. She just moved to New York and Wallace is is newly becoming one of my favorite new friends. And getting to speak to both of them in a studio a couple weeks ago was so fun. And you'll, you'll hear that in just a moment. So I want to get to it as quickly as possible. Thank you so much for being here and listening to this podcast. I love that I get to have conversations like this one that covered everything from regret to how being too broad and general in marketing or in anything you speak to no one and how specificity is useful and important and creative. We talk about being what they call it, holisticism squiggly brained people. We talk about breakups and friendship and string theory somehow. We talk about curation versus creation, podcasting as a medium. We talk about the importance of prioritizing. We get into a lot of how they run holisticism and even management and hiring. I loved this episode. I love Michelle and Wallace, and I know you will too if they're new to you. So here is our conversation, and
2: I will speak to you at the end.
1: You know, I saw Michelle, what, like 10 seconds was where you gave birth that night? <laughs> I,
2: was telling about it. So I was like, oh my God, the last time we tried to get together, it was like me, Amanda, Chase and Katie. And we're all insane. Like, you know, like not great with calendars. And uh-huh. we kept like pushing the dinner, pushing the dinner. And I was like, you guys, I'm giving birth next week. Like we have to meet.
1: Yeah, it was helpful. <laughs> yeah. It was really helpful. Um, oh. You, I, It's odd that you haven't done Let It Out, Michelle. Like even in our many years I know. Of, of friendship. I'm
0: surprised.
1: I feel
2: like I have, but I haven't. I know. Same.
1: (laughs) It's really bizarre. And I'm, and Wallace, I'm so, we're newer friends and I'm I'm so happy that you're here. I had the best time on the Holisticism podcast and I get so many messages about that episode. Really? Still. Oh, amazing. Well, I was telling Wallace that on the phone last week that I feel like you sort of, I had no idea what we were going to talk about. I just said yes to, Anything that you asked me to do, and then it really became a friendship conversation. Yeah. yeah And then I feel like after that, I got like I don't I don't know the word I'll use branded as a as a lack of a better word a, really? as like friendship expert. Like I got people like well as that. a friendship, e-, and I'm like, <laughs> no, not hard no on that. I mean, I have I have a lot of friendships, and yeah. I and I, it's because. I prioritize it maybe because I I we, we did a whole episode on this, but it's the relationships that mean so much to me and and you know, I would choose anyway. But, you know, I I I don't have a romantic relationship. I don't have a business partner. I live really far away from my family. I don't have siblings. So there's like reasons maybe for that. Yeah. But it's really interesting. And then I've been thinking about the concept of friendship so much since that. Because I think you really brought up something that was inside of my brain, but my friend Crystal pointed out to me that friendship as a relationship is undefined, mm-hmm. totally, which makes it really beautiful because you know you're choosing to do like the obvious parts of it, but it also is a little bit messy, and I think particularly for for someone who you know gets sticky or caught on something easily, it's it's complex. So I'm I. Didn't really get to go that into how each of you feel about friendship and the complexities of it on that episode. So yeah, start start there.
0: <laughs> one of the things that I've thought about recently is something that I heard on a podcast, which I will have to send you because I don't remember which one. <laughs> it all becomes a blur. Um, was the... This person was talking about how in queer communities, relationships and chosen family have been something that people have prioritized for so long because, you know, it's your chosen family. You might be ostracized from your family. And I do think it's an interesting thing for more like hetero cis communities that are really looking to and dialing into friendship, I think, even more. And I'll speak for myself on that. Because I feel prior to my most recent breakup, I always thought about friendship in a way that was a little bit more like organic and less intentional. And now I think about it as something that is a relationship that takes so much work and prioritization and intention. Yeah, I think that breakup for me was a big change in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think
1: that's, do you think that's common that breakups make people?
2: I mean yeah that's totally I mean I feel like when we were talking about this yeah I was saying that I I had like two big serious relationships in my 20s one for like five years and the other for three years and they really took me away from like creating new friendships and relationships and each time I like edged up on a breakup (laughs) I was like oh fuck yeah Here we go. I don't have any friends. Like I look back in my journals from when I lived in New York and I went through this like horrible breakup. And it's like, okay, I'm gonna try and become better friends with like this person, this person, and this person. Did not happen. But but like it's it's interesting how it makes you realize like maybe how alone you are. Yeah. Because I don't know, a lot of my relationships, like the person becomes becomes my best friend. Yeah, totally. And who I want to spend my time with. And mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Well, all of your needs are sort of uh, connection wise are met if you're spending a lot of time with another person. And then when you're not, you have to diversify your community, which is actually really healthy and good, Mm -hmm. but takes more energy to sustain. I'm having an interesting experience now where I know a lot of people and have a lot of people that I love and, and, different degrees spend time with but Mm. often yesterday it was an interesting example of it where i i was just like oh my god i'm so behind in techs like Mm. i have i woke up with two tech people who live in new york asking if they could come and stay with me which is (gasps) fine but it was like two two people separate someone from my old job like is in town and wants to hang out somebody else is in town and wants and it it just it's fine those things all happen but it seemed to be all yesterday morning when I was already at capacity Mm -hmm. and and so all that to say like when you have one romantic partner like there's less executive functioning that has to go to managing different relationships and communication because it's just right there and like anything it's what you what you put in you get out but it's it is complex I think
2: yeah and with I feel like with a with a relationship you can kind of feed two dogs with one bone when you're like doing your schedule calendar You know, like your social calendar. It's efficient. Yeah, totally. Like I'm getting my hang time with my partner and with my friends. And I do think that kind of cock blocks you from closer relationships Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you're like a unit. Right. And then if something happens or you break up, um, who gets you in the divorce? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I just got coffee with a friend, a new friend last yesterday morning anyway she was just saying that she had been in this relationship for six years and really was needing friends and I was like came to the right person (laughs) (laughs) and and she was like I I mean exactly to your point it was that exact thing she'd been with him for six years and she Mm -hmm. they were all couple friends she's Mm -hmm. like I just didn't get as close even though I would have individual conversations with each person and the other couple like I there, there wasn't a we weren't able to get as close as I have in the past with other people and Mm -hmm. the breakup bit of this is interesting because I think it is common and it it may it just made me remember we were talking about doing something about breakups yeah
2: like years ago too yeah I really wanted us to do a breakups podcast because I like a a limited limited mini series because well we still still should Should. okay never mind (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. Let it out. Let
1: it out. Holisticism collab.
2: Love that. You Yeah. it. Exclusive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> World premiere. yeah. Breakups are like so magical. They they suck. But like, I don't know. I feel like my breakup, my times I've been so heartbroken and feel like I can, I'm going to die are like the times I've also felt the most alive and like stretched myself so much. And we talk about like a paradoxical move or collapsing a timeline. Like that's, that's something. A breakup is like your entire life changes radically and your perspective on life changes radically and so much magic can happen in that space
1: you know speaking of friendship i think about the this particular breakup that you you know all about yeah. that really rattled me it was really my my first breakup and and similar to to with friendship i think at that time i write a zine about breakups right. i i every podcast episode i i was so open And I would say that I was like a raw nerve just Mm -hmm. going around New York City, like so sensitive to everything that I couldn't talk about anything but that. So of course the episodes were like, Okay, cool. About
2: your book. Uh, have you ever been <laughs> heartbroken? Uh, <laughs> like I How'd you get over it? Do you even yeah, stop yeah. thinking about them? Yeah, What's yeah. it like? How do you know you didn't make a mistake? You know, are you, you friends? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Should I block them? Like, what am yeah. I supposed to do? Do you think we'll get back together? Yeah. Let me tell you,
0: you know,
1: the whole thing. And in the, in the thick of that, I actually got to do one of the, the cooler things that I've ever gotten to do for Let It Out, which was go to this uh, music festival and interview all these people. And then on the way back, I went to L.A. and I came over to Michelle's for dinner. And I, there's a big friendship moment between you and I, but I was so – you made this beautiful dinner. You remember this. I do. And I was distraught. (laughs) I was really – it was wild. But we had had the best dinner. And there's one thing that – I wrote this down that I wanted you to talk about, but I also think it might relate to what you just said. And I'd love for you to flesh out. You said – collapsing timelines and paradox
2: paradoxical move
1: paradoxical yeah. move I'd love if you could talk about both of those but I think what maybe you were talking about that in different words when you were saying something to me so I don't know if you remember this but we were talking about string theory uh-huh does that relate to this yeah yeah kind of what did I say about string theory I remember it clearly <laughs> you said. I think what I was so I mean, I was heartbroken about a lot of things, but I think at that time it was like a couple of months out from it. But I really was just like, wow, I could have done with some distance. I could see more clearly all of my mistakes. Mm. And so I was thinking about how I really could have Made so many changes and then what that would, I was going through the like, but if I had done that, then this, would, you know, which is mm-hmm. part of the process, I think. And then you were, you really were like stern with me. <laughs> Do you remember this? Sorry. And, <laughs> no, it was really helpful. It was really, I write about this in my zine that I wrote about breakups, but basically you say, listen. There's a there's a parallel universe, right? Yeah. You're like, do you know about mm-hmm. string theory? And I was like, No. And <laughs> you
2: were like, I'm like,
1: Okay, science. I'm a woman <laughs> in Yes, <stuns>. yes. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> Let me do <teach> <laughs> Yes. And you were like, there's a parallel universe right now where you did all those things yeah. and you are with Nick. Yeah. And right now it is very close to the universe we're in now. But with mm-hmm. time, it's gonna get further and further away mm-hmm. and you'll feel better. And I was like, Okay. Time. If one more person tells me it's
2: time, I'm gonna <laughs>
1: literally <laughs> yeah. turns out they're right and you're right. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's so annoying that time thing, right?
1: I know, but very true. So yeah. how does that relate to those other two things? And what are those other two things?
2: Okay. Well else can help me out on this. But I'm okay, stay with me because I'm gonna go like a bit weird and then I'm gonna like pull it back and Great. be intellectual about it. But I really do believe in string theory and like alternate yeah. universes and infinite alternate universes, whether you like look at it from sort of a quantum perspective or like a more spiritual perspective. When we open the Akashic Records, we see all these potential paths and like all of them, none of them are wrong. And you can walk down any anyone that you want. Some are just closer to you than others. Same thing with all these infinite universes where in one universe, I, I drop my phone on this podcasting table and like all of our lives are completely different um and in this universe i didn't and in another universe when i throw it up in the air it stays up in the air but that universe is really far away because the universe is chaotic right so like that could potentially happen it's just a minuscule percentage when we collapse a timeline i think what we're doing is we're jumping from one universe into another universe or reality and like there are these little wormholes or, like, maybe forks in the road that are, like, almost like, in like, you know in Super Mario, when you can, like, go over the arrows and they go really fast in Mario Kart? It's like that. It, like, puts you in a, a new place. It kind of, like...
0: it's Like a jet stream.
2: Yeah, exactly. It just, like, pushes you over. And what quantum leap to me is, like, when you get somewhere with ease, like, taking the hypotenuse, taking the most direct path with, like... And it's so simple, but it's also like radical. Like, whoa, I couldn't, I can't believe that like happened overnight and like so easily. And it kind of like defies expectation. And I I don't know, that's I like that. <laughs> I like that that feeling of like, okay, cool. My I'm experiencing all these other potentials just on another timeline, parallel to right now. Like part of me is somewhere experiencing. And like, oh cool. I've not that means I've never made a mistake. Cause like I'm experiencing everything all at the same time. And it's com- that's comforting to me because like one of my things always is going to be fear, like regret. Like mm-hmm. that I'm going to re- regret that something went wrong or like I'm going to regret saying this thing to my kid or whatever. Like mm-hmm. that I didn't hang out with Wallace more when she was in LA. And we're always going to have regrets. Mm-hmm. Like even about our best days and our best times, there will still be something where we're like, eh, could have gone better. But that doesn't make it, like, any less—it um, doesn't, like, mar your experience. Necess- it doesn't have to. And I, like, have to repeat that to myself all the time. Like, no regrets. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it, it, it makes me think a lot of—I had this reading when I was breaking up with—or when me and this ex were breaking up. And the reader was like, I, I was trying to decide, can we work through this? Can we make it happen? Can we make it work? And what will life be like if I decide to go through this with this breakup? The reader was like, well, you could stay and that would be totally fine. Mm -hmm. You would just live a kind of smaller life, but you could have expansion in this life. It'll just be much more difficult. Mm -hmm. And that's a choice. That's not wrong. That's not bad. And I think that's one thing about collapsing timelines or all of these infinite parallel universes is one path might it might just be harder for you to do that career, that relationship, that friendship, whatever. Um and another path, it might be made easier for you, or it might not exist in that path at all. Mm-hmm. And I think that can be comforting, yeah, but also scary.
2: <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of like it, it becomes a game of like, well, what do I want to do? what like what life do I want to jump into? Like yeah. do I want to jump into my rock star life, where like yeah. I become a star at thirty four? I was thinking about that the other day because I just turned 34. I was like, what can I not do now? Is there anything that I can't do? No. Yeah, Just because I'm older, like, whatever. I could still be be an actress, I guess, if I really wanted to. I could, like, go try and do that. But if I go down the path I'm going on now, it would be a lot harder. If I, like, tried to jump into that alternate universe, I think it would probably be a lot easier or seamless. And, yeah. I like the convergence of, like, the spiritual... And also, like the sort of sciencey, out, out theoretical science, um, and like I don't know, there are spiritual teachers who talk about archetypes and how we it contain all archetypes at all times. And I kind of imagine, like in these alternate universes, different archetypes of me or different video game character versions of me with different superpowers and different strengths, are, like the main character.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Wow. I just. I again, I've said this once. I'll say it before. And this. Same half an hour. You two are so dynamic and (laughs) articulate. And I mean, that is sort of holisticism at its its core to me is the combination of the mystical and the practical in this way that I really admire and the way that you've always talked about things, Michelle, and you too, Wallace. And... God, I have so many questions. I'm getting talk about regret. I'm like already like. Well, I hope they come back right time. Um, but just related to regret briefly, when when I was a kid, remember those planners that we would get from school?
2: Oh my God, I have so many horrible yeah. memories of those.
1: Wait, like what what actual kind of trauma?
2: trauma? Wait, what do you mean? Uh, okay, so we got these planners, yeah. right? They were to teach you like study skills and to write things down and to not forget your homework. My mm-hmm. teachers would, spiral bound, yes, and they had like a holographic front, yes. yes. My teachers would give us oh, a grade on yes. them at the end of the week, mm. so like you had to get it completed. Already, my type A, like inner freak, is like, oh my god, oh my god, yeah, and I have ADHD. So like, and I didn't know that at that time. Right. Yeah. So that it's totally against my nature to I used to like write things down in my hand, and then it would disappear by the end of the day, you know, and I'd same, forget about my homework, same, same and I'd have to like bad. fax my friend Jenny and be like, can you send over the vocabulary sheet? I'm so sorry, I'm like crying. My mom's like screaming at me. I remember this planner one time. I was at dance. And my friends played a prank on me and they super glued the pages together <gasps> of the week. Oh my I, god. I was like,
0: You guys, it's not funny. It's not funny. Uh, <laughs> that, that like <laughs> breaks my heart. Yeah, this is That's really so bad. bad. And they like story. they were just like, Why why are you freaking
2: out? Because I was probably like freaking out about this planner and they were like, Oh my God, it's not a big deal. And <gasps> you use super glue in your point shoes. So we always had super glue. Uh, and uh just sprayed, sprayed it on there and slapped pages <gasps> together as a joke and I feel like I like started crying because I was worried I was going to get a bad grade and uh-huh. uh, yeah so traumatic but, but planners yeah
1: <laughs> I <laughs> remember <so> that. <laughs>
2: well
1: uh, oddly my version of them had a quote like a stupid oh, inspirational quote yes, at the top on every page oh,
0: mm-hmm. oh yeah I'm, I'm remembering it's this coming back, back yeah. yeah it's. are you the same age as us? Mm, are you guys the same age? I'm 32 Two. I'm two years. Oh, I'm turning. I just turned thirty-two. <laughs> I'm, I'm ninety-one. Wait, am I
1: thirty-two? Yeah, I really was like, wait. I always thought we were the same age. literally, right now.
0: Well,
2: I just turned thirty-four. Yes, two days ago. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Monday. I'm Monday. So sorry, missed your birthday. No, it's fine. I, when you said I like that, to I keep it down. That low. And I was like, oh my <laughs> god, oh my god, did <laughs> I miss your
1: birthday? I am so sorry. Okay. No, you're good. We gotta. I don't know how I'm gonna recover from this no. now and get back to this. No, it's all good. How how was your birthday?
2: <laughs> it was good. I like keeping my birthday very quiet. Okay, well, yeah. we're going
1: to have a celebration of sorts. This right is a after, celebration. Right yeah. after this. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, happy birthday. <laughs> I'm so happy you were born and I get you to can. be your friend. God, and I've had literally something for you for months. Yeah. Part of it is in there. Okay, we'll do it. We'll do a personal <laughs> chat after this. Back to planners. Sorry. The very important. <laughs> well, on this version of the planner that I had, it, it had these inspirational quotes and I don't remember any of them they're all very cheesy but mm-hmm. one of them I, honestly I was probably like eight mm. and it said regret is a waste of time and wow that's deep I, I know yeah. it was really like maybe not eight maybe <laughs> like, like
2: I'm in third grade <laughs>
1: honestly I think it was like fourth or fifth grade it yeah. was like around in the vicinity and I just remember thinking about that and being like that is true. That is true. And then for the rest, it just sort of stuck with me. But then the rest of my life, I've been questioning that. Like, is it Mm -hmm. true? And so I'm curious what Mm -hmm. you think, because I once heard on a podcast, as we do in this family, about how regret can be useful. You know, if it can teach you something and then you learn, but also it can be really toxic if you're beating yourself up and you're, because you can't, change anything you know it's kind of surrender prairie it's like accept what you can change change what can wisdom to know the difference is key in that so i'm just curious what what you like do you believe the planner quote do you believe it's useful
0: i think it's useful to your point up to a point i think where it's tricky is just like spending any amount of time in the past that dips into Lamenting, or I think it's this tricky way of your brain thinking it's doing something about a scenario, and that's part of the spiral of anxiety, mm-hmm. is being caught up in the what a should could of it all, and I think that it is a kind of sneaky thing that your brain does or and anxiety does, where it's like, oh, I'm doing something about this because I'm mulling it over and I can't stop thinking about it, and I'm you know like self flagellating or whatever. So I think that's where it can very easily turn into something that's toxic.
2: Yeah. And I feel like when when regret is maybe like not so great is when our black and white thinking takes over, yeah. like, which I do so much, right? Where I'm like, if I just hadn't done that, this would have happened. And it's like, that's not true.
0: Yeah, <laughs> It's not exactly. like
2: one for one and it's not ultimate or no. like the extreme. And yeah, that's 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 the toxica part. Yeah. It's not the regret. It's the like, Yeah.
0: Well, the illusion that like we have the power control. Exactly. Yeah. The illusion of
1: control to a degree. Yeah. Totally. Which so much comes down to, I think. Yeah. In your recent episode, maybe I think it maybe was the most recent when to when we're recording this, but Michelle, you were talking about the work that you do in the world being tied to your inner work, self work. Can you talk about that a little bit, both of you? Yeah. Capital W work. Yes, yeah, the you capital,
2: say. the capital W, the capital yeah. S, sacred capital W work.
1: Well, actually, sorry to to before you say that, I actually haven't heard this, and and maybe you've shared this before on holisticism, and I missed it. But how did you two meet and come together and start working together?
0: I replied to one of your newsletters because you were like, "We're looking for some help," and I was at the time. I had just gotten my green card, and I wasn't able to work for a little well, while. this is Canadian. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had just not been able to work for almost a year, and I was also in this period of experimenting, and I had come from, like, commercial production stuff and um, a startup, and I was like, I want to do something else. So I was working with my ex's sister doing some TV writing, and I was like, this is fun, but this is coming to an end soon. And I... In more than more ways than one. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. And at the time, I just, it was very much a stumble upon. I had subscribed to Holisticism Newsletter, I feel like from early days, actually. Really? Yeah. I had mm-hmm. read it from early days. And I ha- only, as I recall. I had started. a good friend who had, like, sent it to me. And well, yeah, she was so definitely cool. one of your first, like, a thousand, I don't know, a hundred people or whatever. Wow. And one day I just replied to the posting who was like, we're looking for some help, some like editorial help, podcast help. Yeah. Um, And I was
2: like at that time hiring for I was looking for like a writer. I wanted someone to a content creator who could like help me with what we do at Holisticism. Is like we make content, obviously we have two podcasts, we write an email newsletter and we do courses and education and create community. So I wanted someone who could like help me come up with course content and fine tune it and kind of like be the other half of my brain. And we interviewed a bunch of people with me and Thais and it was the middle of the pandemic. And as soon as we got off the phone with Wallace, Thais was just like, I really like her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we didn't like meet each other
0: for six months in person yeah. because
2: it was high COVID oh, right. times.
0: I think I was in Toronto. Yeah. yeah when and
2: when like when Wallace came on, the role changed a little bit that just needs changed and she's so good at so many things and so smart and so fun and i i really think like if you're an employer you should sit down with the people you work with and you hire and ask them like what do you want to do and what do you want to practice and what do you think you're amazing at mm. and like try to give them the opportunity to do those things wallace is really good at a lot of things and wanted to experiment with a lot of stuff so that's what we've done yeah. and we've kind of just like followed both of our curiosities of like what sounds interesting and delicious to both of us and Mm -hmm. one of our like main things that we do now notion for magical baddies was Mm -hmm. came out of like a sort of chaotic, like unhinged work session. Witching yeah. hour. Yeah, we were just like both giggly and like, what would what could we do that's a paradoxical move? It would be like crazy. Yeah,
0: <laughs> crazy. For, <laughs> for people like us who are non-linear squiggly brain <laughs> thinkers. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah, and now we have like,
2: it's like an entire universe and um, it's really cool.
1: Wow, okay. I am just so in awe of the universe that you both created, but Michelle, you know, I not to brag, was also one of the very first (laughs) subscribers. (laughs) Early adopter. Yeah. It was this really cool, exclusive, invite-only newsletter. And then— How did you discover it? I don't remember. I think I remember, but I I could be wrong. But I remember being in Michigan. I must have been visiting— I'm, it must have been like a holiday or something because I was, I was, and maybe it was before I even moved to New York. Anyway, I, I remember where I was when I found it. Wow. Like I was at my mom's house. Yeah. Because I think you, you sent me like a, you saw that I subscribed and then you sent me an email. I how,
2: Do you know how insane that is that I, I like <laughs> that I think to everyone? it, I'm like, Manually? That, yes, yes crazy person like <laughs> what a psychopath <laughs> it was so, it worked. It, yeah I mean
1: thank you <laughs>
2: yeah no. know when I first started holisticism I it was like basically I made it as difficult as possible for people to sign up which is stupid you shouldn't do that but yeah you had to like fill out a form uh-huh. and like tell me about yourself and like why you wanted to join the newsletter list and then I reached out to like every single person and tried to get a coffee or a matcha or at least talk on the phone with them and um I think we probably met in New York because I yeah. was like, "Oh, I'll be in New York. We don't have to talk on the phone. In person is always better." And then we met at the Wing. Yep. Rest yeah. Rest in peace. Yeah. And now canceled. Workspace yeah. the wing. <laughs> I feel like I was like all frazzled, and I was there for investor meetings and just like having the craziest time. And you were just like so bright. And I remember, I remember being like, "Oh my god, she's got it together." Her like literal book that she wrote is on the bookshelf here. <laughs> <laughs> What a cool person.
1: <laughs> well, and I thought the same of you. It was what was interesting. I don't know if you'd even started doing that. We did have many wing meetings after that. And mm-hmm. I, I think you maybe hadn't even quite started the investing meetings at that point or very early on, maybe. Maybe. Because or we didn't talk about it really then because we but we I remember distinctly we sat on a pink couch yep. as they were there <laughs> and just hours. And yeah. I just really liked you so much and yeah. then i think we we saw each other like pretty consistently for people who didn't live in the same city yeah after that we did an event here you were so kind to me with supporting my work and my book and like i'll never forget that mm. and that was so so sweet remember bonnie was there remember yeah. we, oh i brought God. my dog <laughs> oh <OG.
0: laughs> gee
2: yeah that was when we back when we were doing events in person and yeah yeah
1: Yeah, that must have been 2017, I think. Oh, yeah, really early. Yeah, and anyway, you've just always inspired me so much, but it was really interesting to see. It's been honestly so cool and inspiring to see Holisticism go from this form that you had to fill out, email newsletter, getting a coffee with you, doing these events, to just it seems like one thing after the next and especially in the pandemic when you know it sounds like you joined the team wallace like i taught a workshop within that it seemed like yeah. you were just very quick on. i remember you and ethan doing the love in the time of <laughs> quarantine quarantine <laughs> That's right. and right. and that was i remember i remember where i was seeing that and being like oh okay this is this is you know, yeah. they're okay, but they're doing that. Like yeah. it was very confront. I mean, that time was just so wild for all of us. But
0: wait, what was love in the time of quarantine? Where I don't think it I was knew uh,
1: it. <laughs> my favorite television program <laughs> at the time. We would, yeah,
2: it was like an Instagram where we'd get on and do like an IG live. We made like a you separate account. Yeah. Oh my god. And we were just like talk, and it was cute. We were like about you love. Know, we were talking about like what happened today, and like because oh. we're like this is gonna be yeah an insane time like in the future you know like where we're gonna want like what were the headlines like what did people think this was when we were like you know bleaching our groceries (laughs) we're just gonna
1: get to watch that yeah that's so cool but we
2: stopped doing it because the last one I broke down into tears I was just like scary (laughs) 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 I'm so tired I'm doing all these classes I was we were doing like those you were doing doing a class a day it was like (laughs) four months oh my god it was another insane insane. thing yeah insane like just take a break girl take a nap you know but no it was awesome them. We got to meet some like, so holisticism eventually like turned into more of a platform for like healers and practitioners and for people to find them, connect with them. And then when the pandemic and we'd started doing online, online classes. When, and that's uh, when you were raising money and. And then I decided not yeah. to. So I'd been like on that path for about a year. And then when the pandemic hit, we just were like so well positioned to host virtual events because we'd mm. already started doing it. Like I was well acquainted with Zoom. And. I think I put a call out in the newsletter where it's like, if you want to teach a class online and like, and meet some people and just like, we can do this in community together and we'll do it every day. Like, just let me know. And I got so many responses. We probably had like 120 classes, everything. And it was really cool. And yeah, I think a lot of people found us during that time.
1: Mm. Did I teach on podcasting or? No. journaling. Had-
2: journaling. And it was really good. Yeah, had- I remember you had a great PowerPoint. Oh, I love you. a good PowerPoint. Yes.
1: wow I mean it just that time is it's all such a blur but it it, I mean talk about string theory and talk about these collapsing timelines like just thinking about pre-covid holisticism to where it is now Mm -hmm. and just all the iterations that you've had it really inspires me as someone you know this year I guess it's March today wild 10 years I've been doing this podcast I started in March of 2013 but my work you know thank you and that's very nice but I also feel you know I do feel bit stagnant, like mm-hmm. I have been doing... It ha, I haven't collapsed many timelines. Like there's mm-hmm. been little different iterations and there's been little things here and there. And maybe in some ways, I'm closer to my thing and I have some distance from yours. So yeah. I, like of a course, kid, I always. can see that. Totally. But the reality of the situation is there haven't been that many iterations of this and I'm like ready. I'm ready for, for a change.
2: the next thing. You know what's really interesting about that timing Jupiter is moving into Pisces Yes, for the first time in like nine or 10 years. So it's going to be a big Mm -hmm. shift. And, you know, Jupiter is like luck and (gasps) chance. Oh, thanks. I need it. Yeah. You know, it's like that big bubbly. I always think of it as like bubbly energy because Saturn is like workhorse energy. You know, I love, I fucking love Saturn. Like I think Saturn's my planet. It's not. But if I could pick one, it would be Saturn. But Jupiter, like... That's big. It's also creativity, like, mm-hmm. and it's moving into Pisces, like, it's creation, expansion, literally, like, Jupiter is like that Alice in Wonderland, the eat me cookie, you know, just where everything yeah. gets big. and it, it amplifies everything, you know, positive, negative, neutral. So, who knows what,
0: you know, something might shift. I love yeah. that. I also, I also always think of the different phases, like, we're so taught to think of all of the graphs, like, going up. Mm-hmm. And even feeling stagnant, sometimes the way that we're looking at progress is such a linear upward trajectory instead of like a spiral or a labyrinth. Um, (laughs) um, But it makes me think of this idea of in creative pursuits, there's the exploration phase and the execution phase. And sometimes the exploration phase can take, you know, a lot longer than we think it will. Mm -hmm. And you can't have the execution phase, which is a very strong word, but you can't really move into that phase without the exploratory phase and the gathering and the experimenting and the kind of nonlinear path. So you never know which phase you could be entering because you can only really see that in hindsight. Yeah. It's like the pinball machine when you pull the
2: ball back on the spring. Yeah. That's like, and then it just shoots out and goes crazy.
1: Yeah. Wow. Well, you two are making me feel... Much better and, and very, <laughs> very excited. That's so nice. Well,
0: it's hard to zoom out of your own journey, too. Yeah. You're, in thank it. you.
1: Well, I feel like, you know, you have both of you, you know, create very quickly and have created a lot very swiftly. Where I am a stepping stone person, really, you know, take a long time with things. And usually I b- blame this on. Projectorness, but you also are a projector. Are you a projector too? MG. Oh, right. We've talked about this. That has to be a good, a good combination. It is a very good combination. But anyway, all of that to say, we're all in our different timelines, but I have had moments and periods of my life that have moved very quickly. Not mm-hmm. in one of them right now, but it's all like- When you like- moved to
2: LA. Yeah. That was a gigantic shift. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. you like literally left your stuff in New York. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, but not work-wise. <laughs> But still like life wise. Right. Right. And like right. sacred work wise, like yeah. in like the work of being a person, like the lessons you learned and mm. experiences you True. went through, like, oh,
0: that was so juicy, you know? Like Which will inevitably form inform the next work phase. Oh yeah.
1: Exactly. Which yeah. brings me back to my my question. Perfect. How do you how do you combine those two so so flawlessly? And also this episode was incredible, the way you articulated this and the, I'll link to it but it was one of the best pieces of audio I've heard in, oh, in thank months. Thank you. <laughs> it was so, that. so good.
2: Wallace well, edited it so I would sound smart. <laughs>
1: no, no, no. <laughs> Don't
2: deflect. <laughs> was
1: that the one where Rhodes was sleeping on your lap?
2: Oh, that was that was another one. That was on Creative Archetypes I think, right?
1: Which I also love.
0: Thank yeah, you.
2: that was great. We love an archetype here.
1: In this episode you were the string theory Michelle from then mm-hmm. <laughs> was saying how our work that we do yeah connects with our, you know, inner self work or our like greater purpose work. Well, yeah. Capital, would you call that capital oh, yeah. W work?
2: Yeah, it's gotta. Like what's the point of doing a job? Like yeah. literally, what's the point of living? <laughs> and like doing these things. I've been saying this a lot. So anyone who listens to this who knows me will be bored. But when I was pregnant in my last trimester, I just like had this overwhelming feeling of like, oh, we're just like killing time here on down on earth. Like we're just like picking up hobbies and doing things, and like sometimes we get so caught up, and then we forget that they're like a hobby. We're like, oh my job, my job is so important, making money is so important, blah blah blah. It's like, no, you're just like kicking around, just like go do some stuff, have some fun. Maybe that's the Pisces in me. I do think that we put ourselves in position, in placement, often to like run up against challenge that gives us some muscularity in like a spiritual sense and helps us get closer to what our capital S capital W sacred work is on this planet. And like, I don't know. I think I feel purpose is always changing, but like our work is when we were, you know, little spirit babies, like what we decided we wanted to learn um, or what we we decided we wanted to experience in this lifetime or practice. And I think we, are kind of faced with continuing to practice and sometimes practice feels really fun and sometimes practice feels like horrible you know like excruciating and what I love about building businesses is that you often don't get to like you can't avoid the lessons like you're just confronted with them Mm. and much more than I think we are like in personal situations at least for me because I feel like in my personal life, I can like run away from something. I can like ghost someone who's being annoying or, um, avoid a situation that's like causing me discomfort. But when it comes to my work, like I can't like not pay invoices, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I guess I could, but like, n- no, I-, I feel like a different standard of responsibility. And that like continues to kind of push me in learning what I'm here to learn. I don't know Does that make sense.
0: Yeah, totally. What do you think? Another way we hear that talked about a lot right now in less spiritual terms is related to burnout Mm. and that when we're not, you know, doing work and living our lives out day to day in alignment with our values, then it's like a fast track to burnout. And I think that's similar with or it's two sides of the same coin with sacred work Mm. and feeling fulfillment, because if one of your main values is let's say, learning and education and that's how you derive pleasure and meaning in your life and you're in a place where you don't feel like you're learning what you want to be learning or being challenged, then you're not going to feel engaged. You're going to feel dejected from your work and uninspired. And I think that one when, when you get into that situation of like pushing to make things happen every day, mm-hmm. that's when the burnout happens. And I feel like those those are very similar and we just kind of speak about them and different terms sometimes yeah and for for you said like oh
2: you're both really creative and do a lot of things and i think it's because we only do things we want to do like we yeah. only do things that we think are fun It's Honestly, so
0: hard to be motivated as a squiggly brain person to do anything that you're not interested in
2: yeah <laughs> it's really like in our work we yeah. talk about it a lot like we just had a we had all of the team together um for our quarterly meeting and You're like, what doesn't feel good? Like, what do we not want to do anymore? And we just had this really successful event. And everyone was like, I don't know if we're an event company. (laughs) Like, that wasn't super fun for us. So we'll do, you know, one or two here and there. But I think that um, another business would be like, well, it's a great business decision to do events. People want them. They can make us money. And but for us, we're just, yeah, it's not not for us right now, at least.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: What is the team look like and how has that evolved for you michelle because you started out that newsletter was just you Mm -hmm. and you were excited about the future of holisticism and then next thing i knew i swear there's a there's a full team
2: and what have you learned about yourself through my leadership so so much so yeah it was like a one-woman show for the first three-ish years and then I hired Thais to help me manage the community because I was just doing everything myself and that was awesome and then halfway through the pandemic or six What does that ago, mean manage
1: the community?
2: She basically was like in our Mighty Networks community we have a pretty big community there now and she would help people who joined kind of explain holisticism to them help with like customer service stuff like I have a question about how to find this class because you know that stuff really can like I'm sure you can relate it really bogs down your day and also for me it made me like really resentful even Mm -hmm. though there's no reason for me to be resentful (laughs) but projector energy um because it's not how I want to spend my time like I don't want to spend my time answering questions where like the answer is FAQs Mm -hmm. um but Thais was amazing at it and Janelle who is now our, our like community lead is amazing at it and loves it. Like yeah. really shines doing that. But that was really helpful for me to, as a projector and um, an introvert, like not having to be the community leader all the time. And I would definitely recommend if you're building out there building a community, I don't know, try not to make it about you <laughs> and and get another face and there are more faces in there, like co-creating it with you. It takes the pressure off you so you don't have to be doing it all the time when you're on vacation and when you're sick and blah, blah, blah. But it also like makes your community feel more inclusive and truly like a community as opposed to like an audience where you're performing and and like you're the thing that connects everyone. You don't want to be the center spoke. You want to be like a piece on the spider web. Yeah, that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Nais and then how did you find them? Nice? emailed me and she was just like, I like you. Really? <laughs> yeah. She was following the newsletter. She's like, I fuck with you. And um <laughs> In my class, and I went to a dance class that she taught, and then she was like, "Do you ever like work with people?"
0: <laughs> she's like, "You want to like, hire me?" Yeah, I was like, "I've never thought
2: about it, but like, sure." And so, yeah, that she was like the first employee, and I definitely learned a lot managing her, managing her, and working with her. And then Janelle and Wallace joined like six months later, and so we doubled the team to, from two to four, and we've been four for a pretty long time. And Thais um, left; she's an amazing writer and she went to go write you know screenplays and direct and produce movies and she's an incredible creative and yeah now we have our project manager Jessica who's in New Jersey and we are bringing on like two people to help us with social media so we work with like full-time part-time contractors yeah
1: this week's episode is brought to you by cured nutrition you know how I feel about Cure Nutrition if you've been listening for a while, and that feeling is incredible. I really, really love Cure Nutrition. I've worked with them for years, and I'm happy to report that they have so many different products. I'd love to talk to you about all of them, but I want to focus and prioritize one of them right now, and that one is called Rise. It is a nootropic formulated by Cure's very own in house clinical. Herbalist, and it contains a blend of lion's mane, cordyceps, rhodiola, ginseng, broad spectrum CBD, and that's it. And it is one of my favorite products to use. I initially started taking Rise by by Cure Nutrition because I wanted to reduce my caffeine intake a little bit. I didn't want to have so so much coffee and. What's nice about Cured is I don't get the jitters when I have this product rise, and I don't also have to have multiple coffees or midday coffee, and it increases my ability to complete my daily tasks, and I really love it. It's very useful, and There's so many things trying to steal our attention, and that's why I'm very thankful for this supplement that I find incredibly useful, and I love a lot. So right now, Cured is extending an exclusive offer for you, the listeners of this podcast. You can grab Rise for 20% off using the coupon code LETITOUT at checkout. That's 20% 20% off with the code out at checkout. This is a blend again of functional mushrooms, adaptogens, cannabinoids that will leave your brain on fire. But in a good way, sort of fire. You can do your to-do list and get it all done and, and more, more on there. You can keep popping things on there. It's, it's really great. Lion's Mane is good for mental clarity. Cordyceps, it actually helps with oxygen utilization. So it's used by many endurance athletes, actually. And then, of course, CBD aids in balancing everything that's in it, right? It balances it all. Ginseng improves concentration, that's a classic. It's just incredible, and I think you'll really like it too. Again, the code is Let It Out for 20% off your order. Thank you so much, Cured. I've loved you for years, and I love you today, too. This week's episode is also brought to you by Rethinking Wellness. I love this new show. It's by my friend, maybe your friend, friend of the show, creator of the podcast Food Psych, the classic podcast Food Psych. If you don't already know Christy Harrison, she's been on the show a couple times. She's going to be on the show again. She's my good friend. She's also someone who's really helped me. She's a registered dietitian, a journalist, and the author of the book's Anti-Diet, which was published in 2019, and the forthcoming book, The Wellness Trap, which comes out on April 25th. Get yourself a hard copy. Pre-order it today. Trust me. Listen. I got to read an advance copy, and it's incredible. I learned so much. She's starting a new project. It's a podcast, a new podcast. It's going to continue the conversations from her new book which explores the connections between diet culture and wellness culture and how the wellness space became rife with scams misinformation and how it can inadvertently lead people down a path of disordered eating and harmful behaviors I'm one of those people happened to me and it also gets into how the shortcomings of the conventional healthcare system make it so so many people, so many of us are vulnerable to false promises and how we can actually find true well-being within all of that mess. On her new show, you'll hear from people who have learned to navigate this tricky landscape, including scholars of wellness culture, experts on media literacy, critics of social media and the attention economy, and people who have fallen into the wellness trap and begun to find their way out, including her and including me. I'm going to be interviewing Christy on that show about her new book. So subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode and you can hear my interview with Christy there. For new episodes every other Monday, get transcripts as well. You can just find it very easily by visiting rethinkingwellness.substack.com. The link will be in the show notes. Very happy this exists. Lastly, a little plug for one of my own products and something that i made which is a course a workshop we talk about it in this episode we probably haven't gotten there already but it's called the podcast kit and michelle and wallace used it to create the 12th house and good for you which they were so kind to, to mention in this and i've i've helped a lot of other people start their podcasts and this Still exists. So if you would like to check it out, I made a discount code, which is Spring. So you can use that for 50% off. If you have a podcast idea or would like to start one, check it out. And if you want to talk to me more about it or work with me one on one in a consulting fashion, email me, Katie at Let It Out with three teas.com. I would love to help you start your podcast because this medium is so wonderful. And I'm so grateful that I get to do it. Okay. Back to the episode. What have you learned about, I mean, both of you with working with teams, but did you like read a bunch of management books? Did you, you know, you seem to be very good as a manager you know, and leader. I don't
2: think I'm, uh, I think I work with like amazing people who are really self-motivated and make it incredibly easy to like quote-unquote manage and I don't think I'm like a very good manager naturally like I know I'm not and I think you gotta know your skill set why do you why do you think that I I in my 20s had to manage people at like you know jobs that I'd had in the past I was just so bad at it but um,
0: also in your 20s I I also had to manage teams as, of contractors Oh my god! and I it, I was too young to do it I yeah, learned a lot but yeah. I was like oh
1: yeah, my my old job too. Right? I think about this now. I had like forty seven people <gasps> report oh reports. At, at kind, it was it. They were all students. They were um, yeah. like student yeah. interns. But I wow. mean, as That's I think a lot of people. Yeah, <laughs> well, well, one of them, Brie, who's editing this right now, no, who is <laughs> incredible. She moved here, and and the another person who from that time who was our she was their NYU. Um ambassador and then there was another one from boston university i'm like i'm still close to those people but yeah it was just total free for i was like all yeah. right listen because i wasn't motivated by the work i was right. just like all right let's yeah. like do the best we can and be yeah. kind and be like
2: yeah
1: not bite the hand that feeds us and like yeah. do be really you know cognizant of ourselves but like also like i don't know what i'm doing like all right let's just make <laughs> yeah. it work like come on yeah, like let's, just with in them. <laughs> yeah. you know which i think is good the yeah. leveling with part but you're right like we're we don't know what we're doing in our 20s. And I mean, I don't know. I'm in yep. my 30s and I still don't. So.
0: <laughs> yeah. The prefrontal cortex. I feel like when I was 26 in charge of some teams, I'm like, that was not formed. <laughs> that part of my brain. But I want to add that after working with you for almost three years, like you've worked very hard, I think, on like looking, that's also just because of who you are, but like working on your managerial and leadership skills, I feel like, very like you haven't talked about it, but I've witnessed so much growth there, and Thanks. you've always been great to work with. But I I've seen such growth there, and I think that's a really hard area to grow in, and be and so I would say you are great at leading, but I know that you've worked at it very intentionally. So
2: I think like a big transition of the big transition of this is my thing. I know how to do everything. I do it pretty well, but I need help to managing people who are better than you (laughs) at the things that you used to do and like trusting them is so hard because you're trusting them with this thing that you like blood, sweat and tears into. And I think the further I get from it just being me and like now it's this thing that we've all built together that I could not have possibly done by myself and not by a long shot. I think there's obviously the longer you work together, there's more trust, but I think that's the key. Like, you just have to, you have to trust people. And I know in my, like, moments of not being the best manager, not being the best Michelle, it's because I'm, like, not trusting the the other person. And sometimes that's for good reason. But that, like, really ignites or triggers something in me. Or I'm like, it makes me feel really uncomfortable. I'm just telling Wallace, like, my hardest, I think one of my hardest moments last year was I had to let someone go. And it was just, like, excruciating. It sucks. It sucks. It's just bad. It's hard. Yeah. It was really hard. Um, it was hard. I'm sure for them too. But yeah, managing is not it's not for the faint of heart.
1: Mm-hmm. What were some?
0: I mean, while said you
1: you grew in it, what were some of the things you did to learn and become
2: better? Go to therapy.
0: <laughs> yeah, I had so many managers where I'm like, man, so much of this could be solved with like you going to therapy. Not to say I was thinking about that with you ever, but that's something that I think is so underrated. Like, yes, there is managerial skills to learn and to read up on but i think so much of it is like where am i being triggered in the workplace because of course we're bringing everything to work
1: yeah everything's connected
0: yeah holisticism (laughs) yeah
2: yeah and honestly i learned so much from wallace and janelle when it comes to like how they talk to people how they manage people like their integrity and accountability um I feel really lucky that like everyone is really in integrity and cares about the work that they do. And so it's like if something happens that's a mistake or doesn't go the way that we ideally had planned, (laughs) they're like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Let me fix it. I don't have to be like, dude, what the fuck? That's just it's awesome. Taking responsibility. Yeah, absolutely. Taking 100 percent of responsibility. Often when it's not hundred their, yeah. percent their fault or their responsibility, which is like if you get to work with people like that or just have people in your life like that, oh, yeah, it changes yeah. everything.
1: Yeah, because even I think that's so comforting when someone acknowledges your feelings, so you're not feeling like you're delusional. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. hey, was this even a big deal? Like, it feels like a big deal, but when someone's just like owns it, of like, yes, I messed that up, but I am going to fix it this way. Yeah. That yeah. is very comforting mm-hmm. as a Team member, mm-hmm. totally. my my boss at at that old job would always say, "Come to me with solutions, not problems."
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that which is good. good one. That is good. good. good I
1: think one. that's like a classic. It's maybe not her quote, and <laughs> probably from, um, <laughs> but it's kind
0: of evergreen.
1: It, yeah, it, it tracks. In related, you've talked about the fear of being seen, which is, I think, related to in. This work that the three of us all do in some way of putting out a, our feelings, thoughts, opinions, voice, face, writing on different platforms for all to see. Mm-hmm. Fear of being canceled, fear of being rejected, mm-hmm. rejection sensitivity. How have you worked with that? You've you've given me such great insight on that and, and things that you you've said. So I'd love if you
0: could talk about it. Both of you (laughs) Uh, work in progress. (laughs) I'm still working on it. Yeah. You're, but you're really like stretching. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a pretty like private person in general. So yeah, I don't know. I think I'm still working through all of what it means to be seen in different ways and like where I'm comfortable being seen and sharing. And I definitely have stretched myself over the past few years and I feel like I'm still very much an experimenting of that.
2: I think Good For You was a huge, yeah. was a quantum leap for you.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah. Good For You is our unhinged goals, wellness, consumerism podcast. And we co-host it together every single week. And like, Wallace is so funny and so good. And people had not really heard her voice, yeah, even on the 12th house.
0: No, because I kind of pop in here and there. Yeah, yeah. I'm more in the
2: background. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that was, that was huge.
0: You, you've taught me a lot about, though, the relationship between ADHD and perfectionism and rejection sensitivity. And I think that's something I'm still really coming to terms with, having kept me from showing up in a lot of ways just from childhood stuff. So mm-hmm. I feel like that's something you set an example for a lot of people. Yeah, oh, thanks. Yeah, I don't know. It's
2: still really hard. I don't, I don't like want to read reviews about myself or Really? I don't. It's hard. It's hard. You kind of have to be delusional when you show up. You have to just pretend that you're not talking, that no one's listening, that no one's reading. Mm -hmm. And like make the stuff that's interesting to you.
1: Well, I mean, I will say you have an entire episode sort of about this that really Mm -hmm. helped me so much that I will also link to. But it's interesting to what you're saying right now. I feel like I've had periods in my life where I have been delusionally confident. And those periods you have to, were when yeah. I was young, much younger. <laughs> and I think, you know, it was true that no one was listening right. during those periods. It was true that I hadn't been, I hadn't felt, you know, true rejection. I hadn't, it was, and it was a different time then. Yeah. And I think more recently, post-pandemic, during the pandemic, especially when you're in a shaky place yourself, mm-hmm. that's reflected out in your work and whatever you're doing. And I, it, I mean, just like you were saying, with management going to therapy, everything is everything. It's all connected. And my big thing around the being seen thing is is more related to this perception of wanting to be cool, wanting to come mm-hmm. off cool, which is, just makes me feel like I'm in high school and it's yeah. a popularity contest. Yeah. And I am really ready to let that one go mm. and just yeah. embrace of like, I'm warm. I'm <laughs> earnest. Yeah. This is what I've got to work with this time around. Dumb. I'm never going to be this elusive, mysterious being and, and trying to just lean into that. But then at the same time, there was this, that was part of it. But there was also this part of it of like, I am doing the best I can to learn all I can. And I'm pretty malleable, like if you know, I've said this to you before for sure, Michelle, and, and maybe you too, Wallace. But I am imperceptive on people and and seeing patterns, but take a really long time to learn. But if someone tells me something, I retain it quite quite well. Difficult for me to remember something I read or remember, like do did I do did I I forgot that that was bad or like mm. and I think you know you you mentioned this in that that episode I listened to, but that's all heightened in the last couple of years, so much so that I, between trying to be cool, trying to be not, I don't want to cause any harm, Mm -hmm. and trying to do those two things, they're kind of in contrast with each other Mm -hmm. in this way where for it to be interesting, Mm -hmm. you have to be yourself and kind of have a take. And you talk about irreverence, and I'd love if you could talk about that because to do that, it's you know there's so many things happening at once to that I've honestly been kind of paralyzed and stifled, so stifled by it that I think that's where a lot of my stagnation comes from. Is yeah, and you mentioned this so eloquently in that episode where you're like going bound down to the root of where the fear comes from, and it's like, okay, well, if this, if I do something that hurts someone's feelings, like that's horrific and I don't want to do that. I don't want to cause harm. And I still need to do this because it's the thing that I do and I need to make money and I need to survive and I need to, you know, and to the point of what you said when you were pregnant, like I had a similar thought the other day where I was just like, as, as both of you know, I work at a shop in my neighborhood one day a week and I was feeling really fearful about money and where I am in my life at my age, but I was having a great day. Like it was, I was feeling that, but mm-hmm. also feeling something else at the same time, which, like, it was sunny. I was in LA. I was, I was like, I love my life and my friends. But I was also like, I just want to stay. Like, because I was liking it so much, I was like, yeah. oh my God, it's all going to go away
2: tomorrow. Am I going to have go? you yeah. know,
1: worst case scenario? Like, I.
2: <laughs> this is amazing what's going to go wrong. Exactly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> totally. But, but it was also just sort of like, I like it, but uh, how much can I keep doing? You know what I mean? It was mm-hmm. a, a lot of things at once. And yeah. then I was like, Oh, I c- could sort of zoom out and see, like, like you said, when you were pregnant, like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll just, I'll work at another shop or I'll be a waitress <laughs> yeah. or I'll like, I don't have to do this or I'll, yeah. because I think I don't have another full-time job I would want to do. I really don't, yeah. I'm sure, you know, if someone wants to, it, I I don't like, I don't know <laughs> yeah. what that is because yeah. like you, it didn't work for me. So I ended up doing this other thing. I didn't know why at the yeah. time, right. but you know, so so anyway, all of those those things come together. And how are you managing that the that sort of fear?
2: The fear of it all going away well, or getting cancelled. Yeah, yeah. Like or even just some you gave
1: up. You gave so many great tips in that of like mm-hmm. managing your nervous system for mm-hmm. that.
0: But I think I think back to kind of like a general brand narrative thing, which I do think is really applicable, is if you're trying to speak to everyone you speak to no one Mm -hmm. and even when you think or I think about my favorite films or novels or pieces Mm -hmm. of art they're always hyper specific in their specificity they are they become that much more relatable Mm -hmm. and if we didn't have those things I, I think about all of my favorite pieces of art and where I would be without someone sharing that extremely personal experience and how sad it would be if we didn't have those voices so sometimes that helps me move past those things and also that we are not in control of other people's reactions and it's again like a fallacy of our desire to control everyone's interpretation of us and it's really not none of our business but also we actually have no control over it
2: yeah and I think like it's always helpful to look at yourself and I look at my relationship to creators or people online or podcasters and whatever. People that I like really support and listen to. And I don't always like them. <laughs> and I definitely don't always agree with them. And sometimes I think they're annoying. And I don't listen to the podcast for a while. And then I jump back in. I'm like, yeah. great. Okay, cool. This is, this is awesome. Yeah. Or I liked you a lot better before. Now we're like in a neutral phase. And that's okay. Yeah. And that's just like life, you know. Yeah. And it honestly has nothing to do with them. And it has everything to do with me. And they couldn't control that. They're just like doing their thing and I'm responding to it. I'm sure there's tons of people that feel the same way about what we do about what you do. And for sure. If I got caught up in that, I would just would never make anything. Yeah. Like I'd be like, "Well, what what would make you like me? What if I talk like this? Yeah. What if I talk in a higher pitch voice? Yeah. Like, what if I don't say the fuck word? Will, will that make you like me more?" Like I just I honestly can't keep that in my brain. <laughs> yeah. I can only focus on one thing at a time. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: yeah and it it cuts off connection yeah if you're because you're in your head doing that like an example of this is i've done this with a person where i'm like yeah do you like me now okay yeah. how about now yes. how about now i find myself yeah. posing you yes, know totally, like yeah, but, totally. and then it just kind of it's not even conscious until yeah. it becomes conscious yeah and, but it's it's a bummer because i'm not able to connect when you're in that internal totally.
2: spiral exactly
1: yeah what about with marketing i mean and you are so what it seems to me good at it and you always have been and you're you're so yourself and then as the team has grown and 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 wallace you too and everything that that you two have done like what's your greatest lesson on marketing and 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 putting yourself out there and the rejection that comes
2: to that i think what wallace said about the specificity and like Mm -hmm. not trying to talk to a million people and I, we really subscribe to non coercive marketing, um, and like not being a douchebag. Um, I think, and not like triggering scarcity in people, and making it fun. Like you can kind of like secretly market your work by like making content that's really interesting and that speaks to people. Because all that all a business does is it solves problems for people. And generally, if you're a business, you have a solution, and like. It's kind of rude of you to to gatekeep that solution yeah. from, from others. You know, so many people are afraid of being salesy. Like, mm-hmm. that's what a business is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, we all have to make money. But why is it so embarrassing, like, that we have to make money? You
0: know what I
1: mean? I've been sort of living in that, right? Like, as you both know, I had this podcasting course and I would yeah. live launch it. Had used some, it
0: to help launch this podcast. Yeah. Which
1: makes me so happy. It's a wonderful course. You were course. so, yeah. I, I, I wrote this down too, you were so kind to mention it and be so supportive of that course it still exists that's
0: very real mm-hmm.
1: that really was so I'm so happy it was useful and I want to talk about because you've far you my star students <laughs> you have far exceeded <laughs> anyone I mean it's it's incredible to to watch it and to have even a small part of like you know planting the seed of podcasting to you YouTube like that's truly I love this medium so much yeah. and getting to see you two in it and grow and like I now get to listen to your thing through this. You know, it's incredible. I feel like now online courses are in a post-pandemic internet, very different than what they were in
2: 2016. Yeah, It felt so so cheesy in 2016.
1: Yeah, and it felt so snake oil salesman-y and I just couldn't really do it. But But I figured out a way to be like, I made this weird thing. You know, I made this like very silly video that you probably saw where it's mm-hmm. like, how to produce a podcast without really trying. Like it all <laughs> yeah. had to be like done with a little wink of like, yeah. I'm in on the joke. And then I just stopped marketing it because and and as you know, I have other other kits and courses, and I just I haven't marketed them in in a long time, in in years because talking about them and putting myself out there of like buy my thing I would like you to buy my thing capitalism please buy my thing I like <laughs> could not I couldn't do it and it wasn't that it was inauthentic it wasn't that I like you know didn't believe it I worked really hard I'm like in yeah. the red for like I but it was some sort of shift in my brain and I think it goes back to the the coolness thing it was like mm-hmm. I don't want to be perceived by other people as salesy mm-hmm. where you just said it. it's like you, you, that's part of it. Yeah, it's literally, it's like kind of the main part of it. Yeah.
2: Everyone has to do it, right? Like, pretty much everyone has to have a job and make money. Yeah, and it's so funny that we're like embarrassed of like, oh yeah, I have to make money. Like,
0: I don't, I don't know. know if it works, but I was thinking about this related to comedians and actors if they if they were like i don't feel like i should audition you should just know i'm good (laughs) and you should just hire me and pay me but think about how many comedians spend years like Mm -hmm. putting themselves out there to be rejected to workshop their jokes to be vulnerable or like actors spending years not getting auditions because it's like that conversion rate of how much are you going Mm -hmm. out for and related to how much you'll get asked back For same with I think sales we we talk about that a lot and you've helped me reframe that a lot. Yeah, failure tolerance
2: is a big thing with with selling because if you really think about it, if you have a ten percent conversion rate on something, that's a really high conversion rate, like really high. Most businesses have like one percent, right? That means that ninety percent of people are rejecting you, are like, no, thank you, no thanks. Okay, so if you called if you called (laughs) ninety if you called one hundred people, only ten people would pick up, and. I don't know, like reframing it as you actually have to feel a shit ton in order yeah. to be successful. Like, OK, great. I have to trip across those failures in order to yeah. get where I want to go. And there's nothing embarrassing about that. That's just like that's life.
0: And it is easier in a way to not do any of that. It's easier to not try. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're associating often with like cool or the perception of cool or not wanting to show up. Yes. Because we're like, we don't want to look like we want something, Mm -hmm. that we need something from someone, that we yearn for something because it's way cooler to sit back and critique things and not participate. Yes. And I think like a cool reframe
2: maybe to consider is... With non-coercive marketing, basically you're just inviting someone, right? You're saying like, here's this thing that I made and here's why I think it's really helpful. It might be good for you if you're this type of person. It's not going to be for everyone. Like, in fact, it might not be for you, even though like you're the type of person I made it for. Here's why you should buy it. But here's maybe why you shouldn't buy it. You make a decision. Go for it. Yeah. Like, I think when we try to preemptively decide for other people, that's when like, Number one, like we're con- trying to control everything and that's where we get into trouble. But also like we're not respecting other people in their free will. We're stealing that opportunity for them to make a choice away. Mm-hmm. And that in a way, when we were talking about like pathways of life, we're stealing that like opportunity where they could potentially have like a quantum leap or like mm-hmm. jump into a new timeline for themselves when we don't like offer them the choice. Like, yeah, which
0: door do you want to take? Mm-hmm.
1: I feel like I could that bit is like a script, you know?
0: But, but the (laughs) thing is, it's so true.
1: I think that the way that I was marketing my course, when I have marketed things like that, I, I physically cannot do that. That, I mean, we send each other memes and, you know, you post on the close friends list sometimes, like this really cringy things that I've, I've seen (laughs) that I haven't in I mean, can you see me doing some like, sort of like, even when I was doing it, it was this like, I made this thing like, you know, Exi- a version yeah. of that less
2: eloquent. <laughs> yeah. I, it's sometimes, like, we're apologetic about the things that we right. made Right. Like, yeah. Yeah, you know, I just like made this thing and whatever. If you want to buy it, like, just okay. Yeah. That's, sorry. That's sorry. Where that I, I am. Like, I'm yeah. tr- making space and like that I made this thing and it's so loud. And I know that you're like distracted by other stuff. It's like, dude, if that's your sacred work, why be apologetic about it? Yeah. That's what you're here to do. That's yeah. fucking cool. That's cool. Like being cringe is cool, right? Like being just so deeply uncool is actually what's cool.
0: We talk about this a lot of it's not a personality to hate on things. (laughs) Mm. It's more fun to have fun and be interesting Mm -hmm. and interested. Mm -hmm. And I think in so many ways, I feel like you've done this through your podcast is really being extremely interested in so many different things and having really interesting people on. Because of your varied interests and like your multidimensionality, and I think that's what makes people attracted to you and your work, not the like standoffish, like "Ooh, I'm not gonna say what I really think here." Mm-hmm. There's
1: a movie. Have you guys seen the movie Liberal Arts? No. Oh no. It's basically about this. Like you, hmm. people think it's cool to. That I means not. It's not at all about this. There's a scene in the film.
2: <laughs> wait, bit. wait, scratch that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> um,
1: but but it is interesting how there, there's a line in that that movie that mm-hmm. always sticks with me, where somebody was like, "You think it's cool to hate things, and it's not. It's mean." And yeah. I that always stuck with me. Yeah. But I want to go back to something you you said, Wallace, about related to this, but about trying, and I think this mm-hmm. goes back to like. 90s slacker music culture of mm. like yeah I just I'm not going to be on the major label like yeah. I I'm i selling out like that kind yeah. of that sort of it's very antiquated to the internet age that we live in now but I think it lingers a little bit in the art world in it's so different with music now like to make money being a musician is completely different than it was yeah. with record labels in the 90s but yet I as a person who's not a musician has this sort of and even as you brought up actors auditioning I I thought you were going in a different direction and talking about the way they would market their films like mm. how how sad would that be if someone was like yeah you know I don't want it no one wants to maybe do the press but you do it yeah. because it's part of it right and I think there's a model of you know, getting advertisers where you are promoting their thing and Mm -hmm. then you fund your work that way, which is primarily what I've done most recently, but that's not necessarily sustainable or it could be, or it's just a different thing, Yeah. but you don't, there's a, there's less selling somebody else's thing that I kind of like. There's a lot more distance than I made this thing I'm putting out. I'm Mm -hmm. asking you to support. It's, complicated but i think the bit about trying of like it is cool to not look i mean i'm just repeating what you said i guess but it's just hitting me hard and i feel like it's really related to the trying to be cool thing is like i'm not going to show how much i how
2: hard i worked on this Mm -hmm. because that doesn't
1: feel cool for lack
2: of a better kind of a shift from curator archetype which is pretty cool you know like someone who's always got their finger on the pulse and like knows all the knows everyone knows the cool thing like Mm -hmm. can can recommend the cool course that you need to take or like can hook you up to like the creator Mm -hmm. i think a lot of creators hide behind curation and are afraid to put out their own thing but it also feels really cool to make something Mm -hmm.
1: well and i think it's moving into a different age or era and i think for for all of us and you know i'm i've just known you longer michelle but when we we're talking six years ago on that couch in, in New York. It's like TikTok didn't exist, or may- mm-hmm. I didn't know about it, right? Yeah.
2: Or no, TikTok did not exist. You're right. And,
1: <laughs> and then, I mean, I still don't have vine a download was... on
2: my
1: <laughs> Yeah, vine. Yeah, yeah, remember Periscope?
0: Oh, yeah. my God. Yes.
1: <laughs> I mean, all my, my point is it's like what we're doing now, just thinking about newsletters, yeah. right? Like, I was thinking about it so much preparing for this, of like, what Substack did for newsletters oh, yeah. is so fascinating to yeah. me. And I had this thought where I was like, wait, 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 wait. Isn't this exactly what the internet was in like 2012? We just called them blogs yeah. back
2: then. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. And they,
1: you could get it in, emailed to you, but you just <laughs> yeah. also save them. Anyway, it's we're having to both like make new work and mm-hmm. do creation while also stay up on the different systems and learn new systems. And for people with brains like ours, that is a whole nut. That's a lot of energy and then the managing and then the, you know, it's, it's a lot. And I just really commend both of you for what you've built with holisticism because, you know, my little tiny, like business that I have that, I struggle with so many of the elements of that and to see you do it and do it well and do it so authentically and you're so useful to so many people while also coming off at of this era that is, I think, your energy, which is you both manage your nervous systems really well.
2: Oh, thank you. And
1: it's it's from understanding a bit from what I do, it's no small thing.
2: Yeah, calm a calm company, I think. Mm. They would call us a calm company.
0: Yeah. Like, there's no... No urgency. <laughs> yeah, really. Maybe to a fault. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> like, we could work on
2: that. Yeah, and there's also, like...
1: But it doesn't look like that from the outside. You do so much. Yeah, but
2: there's so many failures. Like, there's yeah. so many He's failed I, I just experiment. don't see those again. There's such a graveyard in our notion of, like, we archive projects that, like, are done or that we just never, t- that never took off.
0: <laughs> there's so many. There's so many yeah. things, you know? So many experiments that we're like, mm, Okay. That one, I'm ready to let go of
2: that. (laughs) Yeah, so many podcast episodes that we've scrapped, you know. um,
0: So many re-records. Yeah, Yeah, courses
2: that we've, you know, canceled ourselves
0: on, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there was something that you were saying, again, about trying that was making me think of just like what a muscle it is to keep showing up despite your discomfort. And that in some situations it doesn't go away. But that doesn't mean it's not worth showing up. Yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot. So
1: good. Well, I, I'm really curious, you know, having done the, the
0: the podcast
1: kit and having done your podcast for now, what, three years? Yeah.
0: Uh, 12th house? 12th house. Like two and a half? Two and a half. Yeah.
1: So nearly three years. Mm-hmm. And this medium, I think, is really special yeah. and a welcomed phenomenon against a lot of the other ones mm-hmm. that it's sustained. Yeah. And because I think it's an older concept, which is connection and talking and storytelling. Like radio. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And even, you know, pre-radio, just telling stories and talking to people is really cathartic. So I'm just so curious what it's been like for, for both of you and what you've learned, what you've liked about it, what's been annoying about it.
0: Oh,
2: Well, while I tried to start a podcast like a year before Wallace joined the team and it it's there's probably like four episodes that live on my computer that are horrible <laughs> where Dad I'm like playing, I'm sure the,
0: <laughs> playing the playing oh, the the sim right. yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah like as, as my sound effects that's um, cool that's, can we bring that
0: next time <laughs> yeah Wallace we've tried <laughs>
2: when we first started we like didn't know we didn't know anything and I was like oh I'll just record some sound effects as like
0: transition they're so bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we learn a lot about sound quality yeah. over the
2: time. <laughs> so, I so, think it sounds cool but well 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 this has made it awesome but what's annoying about the podcast I think or that we've learned?
1: I mean that method sounds cool <laughs> <laughs> It does sound really cool now
2: I think just consistency yeah like showing up. I would say we're pretty good at that in general but and planning ahead mm-hmm, like client yeah. and really like trying to bring big thoughts Wallace came up with a like genius sort of format of every month we focus on a concept and like kind of creating a series within that. Um, So there's a through line for a couple episodes to kind of like nourish people on, yeah, on a lesson. And I think that that's been really cool to just be able to go deeper. A
0: lot of podcasts do that. (laughs) I'm like, not the most original idea. no I
1: mean this one doesn't and uh, honestly it should (laughs) I'm literally like over here like okay (laughs) and uh, (laughs) everybody in
0: on the teams (laughs) I think we I feel like it was a necessary container where we're like we could get Oh, we we're can't. out there with, <laughs> yes. no, totally. with no through line. Let's just... Mm. And
2: sometimes we still do that. Where we're yes. like, what if next week we record this? Yeah. <laughs> like, what if we talk about dinosaurs? I know it's a left turn, but...
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I still... I love the medium so much. I think my love for it has grown. I think consistency, to your point, can sometimes prove... I think tough when, to your point, Katie, there's so many moving parts that go mm-hmm. into making a podcast, promoting it, getting the word out, having guests on like it requires so much context switching. Yeah that I, I think that that um, marathon can be hard just to like not take a break and then be like, when should we take a break? yeah
2: and I think with other types of content, at least for me like writing, I can procrastinate it to the last minute. You yeah, know, I can literally write the newsletter and then send it out five minutes after I've written it. We can't do that with a podcast. We can't like night before do it mm-hmm. we have we've ha- we have in some situations but it's not an uh, ideal yeah. <laughs> not an ideal move so yeah just taking a little i think the forethought mm-hmm. that's a challenge but also fun because developing concepts over time like chewing on them you know and like letting them brew and simmer like that's oh that to me that's so fun like i want to stretch my brain and kind of rock on a concept for a while and so often you don't know what you think about something until someone asks you mm. or until you have to articulate it right? Like you and friendships, now you're an expert. Yeah. But like you had a whole like theory and concept around what you believe to be true about friendships and in your experience and like kind of explaining it to us, it solidified it, right?
0: One of the things I feel like that I, I would like to get better at and still feel a little challenged by is like, and I think this is something you're very good at, at your in your podcast, is how to bring someone into your world of the show and what that means, Mm -hmm. but also really let them be themselves and let them let their true nature shine. And I think the dance between those two things of what's the energy and the vibe of the show, what's the show about, is this guest going to be a good fit for that, but also how do we let them just be themselves and meander? I think that's a really like fine balance that is sometimes hard to strike.
1: I think my divorced parents trying to always <laughs> yeah. be like social chameleon like I can fit into okay we're we're yeah. this type of person okay I am I embody yeah. that I'm at this party I'm in right. that like a uh, trauma response yeah. if we call it we'll, yeah. we'll call it that I think that suits totally. me well to do yes. what I do so whenever anyone comes in it's like like I'm interviewing you two this morning I know I know you I know you both pretty well. And Michelle, I've known for a long time and we're, yeah. we're close friends. This evening, I have a friend who's someone who lives in the neighborhood. He's a musician. He's, he's very cool. But I'm going to be very different with mm, Kale yeah. this evening than I am with you. But I'm also going to, I'm not going to be unrecognizable. Right. But yeah. I see what you're saying. It's this, which, you know, I think you both do very, very well. But what I'll say about that is it takes a lot of energy. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: And that's, like, the last thing I'd love to, to talk to both of you about is energy management. Because mm-hmm. to your point about writing, like, we've all heard writers say, I don't know what I'm thinking unless I start writing. Mm-hmm. And I have felt that way. I mean, I wrote a whole goddamn book about journaling. <laughs> but I I really, what I mean is I don't know what I'm thinking until I start talking about it. Yeah. yeah. And with podcasting, you know, in a Stephen Pressfield sort of resistance sort of a way, I don't have any resistance to doing this because there's another person there Mm -hmm. where writing is a solitary thing. Mm -hmm. And so as projectors, we don't make our own energy. So we're, Mm -hmm. you know, like I'm gaining so much energy from this right Mm -hmm. now. And it's all Wallace. It's all Wallace. <laughs> we're just like
2: plugged into no, you. I don't have any energy. I'm a projector too. I
0: <laughs> beg to differ. <laughs> I get so much energy from projectors.
1: Maybe it's all all parts. Yeah, we're just bouncing I
0: mean, off each other. You yeah. Know?
1: I I there's a I went to a, a party last night and I saw this video earlier in the day about introvert extroverts, which we've mm. all heard of, like extroverts gain energy from social interactions mm-hmm. introverts get depleted from them i think i'm right in the middle mm-hmm. where i need if i'm by myself too much i yeah. to start to feel same yeah. yeah yeah you know and it's anyway all that to say like both of you seem to manage your your energy quite well even though you're constantly even the you know your cadence wallace like in a work cuz i met you like in a work context and mm-hmm. then now i think we're like I'm getting my season pass on friendship and I'm like all in and you're the coolest person ever. <laughs> it's <true>. um, <laughs> but you, the way that you conducted yourself, I really admire and I understand like how I can just see it all very clearly how you two work together. And I was just, yeah, it's, it's been lovely. Like being in your world, like we've just been emailing about different projects and setting up different things and, you know, which, you know, we'll, we'll do. Cause we are people who are, who collaborate and, I've really admired how you've done business in this in this really casual, but precise way. Mm. and but I know that takes a lot of energy. So I, mm. and, and Michelle, I've seen you do that countless yeah. times of organizing yeah. events with me, and I'm just remembering we did another thing at your. we did
2: a live at your house. Mm-hmm. Was that about breakup? Pim, mm. That was summer solstice. Oh, that was fun. Yeah, that was really fun. I think it was honestly it was about working with yourself.
1: Oh, cool. We've done so much. I'm having trouble even yeah. remembering, which is so, like, beautiful. And yeah. I'm really grateful for our friendship and our collaboration, like, all from the silly internet that we have such an in-person, I don't know, I'm just feeling really fulfilled by it all, but energy.
2: <laughs> I think as a team, like, we don't really, <laughs> we don't, like, want to work all the time. Like, we want to go have lives. We don't want to be in meetings. We want to have flexible hours. Like, now more than ever, I want to be on my computer less. And one thing that I like that we do is we pick our top three most important things of the week Mm -hmm. and then we try to do those things and get them accomplished. And it doesn't sound like very much just get three things done. But honestly, just figuring out what the priority is, like that's that's 90% of the work. Like, okay, I have to I want to do a podcast with Katie. What's the priority? Get the date.
0: That's Mm -hmm. it. Okay,
2: now what's the priority? What are we going to talk about? Show up, whatever. I think that that makes a like mountain of effort and work feel much smaller and like m- more doable um, and saves you a lot of time too and
0: on like a very personal level moving to LA I think has been one of the biggest teachers for me in managing my own energy and connecting to that and not distracting myself from the kind of like sometimes hard lessons in that mm-hmm.
1: do you mean moving to New York
0: no moving to LA I moved to LA in 2016 So, yeah, spent almost seven years here. And I think Toronto and Montreal, where I had lived just before that, are kind of similar energies to New York. Smaller, not as intense. But I think spending more time alone here and being forced to kind of just reckon with things that I think in other types of environments, I would just distract myself with busyness. That I think that's helped me a lot in just general energy management on a large scale. Yeah. You know your energy really well.
2: And you know, like sometimes it'll be a, I can't, I can't record this today because I'm just not like, I'm not, I don't have the energy behind me or I'm going to go actually, I'm going to an office yeah. because like, I need to go get some stuff done and put my head down and like be around other people. Like Wallace, Wallace being like, I need to work in an office yeah. like a couple days a week. What really like triggered us to go work at second home. And that was so transformative to our work and like yeah. how we work together. Yeah. So you're really good at that.
0: ADHD management. (laughs) But also I think we're so lucky and I feel so privileged that this is something you not only embody but lead with is trusting yourself, knowing your own energy and then respecting those that you work with to know their own Mm -hmm. and to come together and compromise on that. Yeah. Um, And I think giving people that dignity when you work with them is another way of reinforcing it like within yourself and… I feel really grateful that we do that as a team.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I love you two so much. (laughs) I have pages of more notes and I didn't get to ask about motherhood. I didn't get there. There's so many things. Do Do you mind? Can you just for my anxiety, for my rejection sensitivity, just tell me right now we can do more. Of course. And I didn't get to do the rapid fire. There's a lot of problems, (laughs) but it's fine. Part one. They'll be back. Can we end with a deep breath? Let it out? Yeah. Okay. Inhale. Let it out. (sighs) Thank you both so much. And they'll be back. Thank you
0: so much for having us, Katie. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Michelle and Wallace. Go to Holisticism immediately. If you are new to them, I am so happy that I get to be the one to introduce you. Dive in head first, dive in deep, belly flop on into Holisticism. They have classes, they have workshops, they can teach you everything we need to know. I mean, honestly, I need to dive in. I need to learn a lot of what they have to offer you here. I'm on their site right now. 14 days to 100K, the art of crafting magic words. Listen. I'm gonna get in on that. Notion for magical buddies. Uh, that sounds incredible. The 12th House Podcast, Good For You podcast, the Holisticism Hub, where there are so many free classes. It's very accessible. I'm sure my class is in there. Listen, this isn't gonna be the last time you hear from Michelle and Wallace. They promised they would come back, and I'm going to make sure that they keep that promise. Can't wait to have them back. Also, we didn't get to talk about so much. You know, Michelle is one of my close friends. Her and Ethan, her partner, my friend, had a baby recently. We didn't even touch on that. The, the baby's adorable. She doesn't show him on the internet, but not to brag, I am on her close friends list. And let me just tell you, very cute baby. Not that, you know, not that that, it's neither here nor there. It's just as a fact I'm going to tell you. We didn't even get to talk about really what. Changed in her life and, and being a mom And you know I know she'll come back I know Wallace will come back And in the meantime Dive into their content Listen to their podcast Subscribe Leave a review Support them Sign up for their email list You know Their their Instagrams Are, are in here as well And And I'm so grateful that you're here I'm so grateful that you listen to this podcast If you like it, please share it with a friend Let me know what you think This podcast has an Instagram It's let it out with three Ts It's also me My name's Katie Dalebout If you're you're new here I have an Instagram as well And I don't have a TikTok So, you know, if you have one Good for you, honestly And let me know what I'm missing Have a great week. I'll be back next week with a new episode. This podcast is edited by my friend, Brianna Bain. And sign up for our newsletter. It goes out every week, so to speak. (laughs) It's called The Let It Out Letter. And if you want to get updates, that's a really great way to get them, as well as essays for me and links. And it's a great way to keep in touch. So talk to you soon. Again, very grateful that you listened to this podcast. Bye-bye.